besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Listening to the Overnight Crowd. It is indeed the overnight crowd here on SEN, your home of sport. Paul Sebastiani with you, bringing you right up to 3 a.m. across the eastern coast of Australia. Crystal clear through the SEN app and your digital radio and through your regular radio dials. Just before we get to our spring racing review from the weekend that just went by at Flemington, and Ramwick, we had a host of AFLW games that were played and won and lost over the weekend. And our resident AFLW expert has been happy to join us on the line. He goes by the name of Peter Holden and he's joining us right now. We're a very, very good morning to you, Peter. How are you? I'm not sure if you can hear what I'm here, Paul. I, I just hear it at a distance. It's, is that a sound of an grinding at oh, Carlton. No. Oh, dearie me. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it's been well and truly, uh, I think it's been, it's about to well and truly drop, my friend. About to well and truly drop. Yeah, indeed. Uh, the Blues looking in trouble after this uh, round six threw up some uh, interesting, uh, interesting thoughts. Uh, and like I said last week, I said, Carlton had a big two weeks coming up after their loss against Melbourne with one win and two draws. If they lost against GWS, there's going to be some heat in the kitchen. And then if they lose this week to St Kilda, who have been, you know, just, you know, pathetic in their three seasons so far in the AFLW, um, yes, the Jungle Jums will be beating. And really tricky for Carlton as well with Harford as head coach because during the off-season, remember, he got extended for two years. So... Things could be getting messy. Yeah, there are a lot of decisions going on uh, at that particular program that have uh, continued to not only raise my eyebrows, Pete, but continue to make my jaw drop. Uh, and uh, it doesn't it doesn't look like it's going to get any prettier anytime soon. Indeed, because if you look at the moment, when you think about the established eight, teams were around since season one of the AFLW and where they're at. The worst performing team at the moment is Fremantle. They're second last. They've had a slew of injuries and a tough draw. Mm -hmm. I think everyone's giving them a leaf pass because, you know, they've been decent the last couple of seasons. So they they kind of get maybe a free ride this year. Carlton at the moment, where they sit on the table, the second worst of the established side, sitting in fourth, they're only ahead of, again, Fremantle injury depleted and expansion sides, Hawthorne, Port Adelaide and Sydney. Uh, GWS, who beat them after, remember, only scoring one point the week before, they're just ahead of them. And then it's the length of the straight to the other established clubs. I mean, the others are in the uh, top eight. Brisbane top of the table, Adelaide, Melbourne, Collingwood, uh, the Western Bulldogs. Yeah, it's uh, it would seem like chaotic times uh, in the Carlton AFLW program. And now, see, this this begs the question, before we actually get on to the off-field stuff, and you look, I know we, we get texts through when you see comments saying, oh, you know, who cares, and the, the competition is no good, and they expanded too quickly, and the quality is no good. And I, I, I understand that sentiment, 
Pete. And I think we, we all do. We understand the critique of the game from an eye test point of view. There are some people who dislike it. There are some people who enjoy it. You know, as far as I'm concerned, when people, you know, if, if people are donning the, the team that you support, you've got either way. If you want to support it, you support it. If not, you're, you're free to do so. But I think from your perspective, and you, you've covered VFLW for, for many a year in, in the women's competition, do you think that... I think, do you think that the expansion excuse used for a lot of these teams is just an excuse? Because we've seen what Adelaide have done. We've seen what Brisbane have done. We've seen what Melbourne have done. We've seen what Collingwood are able to do. We see what North Melbourne are able to do. They've all been part of this, you know, new expansion that's just happened this season, but they don't seem to have taken a backward step at all. Uh, no, I mean, look, the only team at the moment who could, you could probably argue about ex- expansions done them no favours, really, is the Sydney Swans, sitting at the bottom of the yep. table, percentage 27.7, yep. and also, to an extent, GWS, even though GWS is, you know, as we spoke about faults last week, probably r- run a little deeper. But the, the, the New South Wales draft pool, just to fill in for people who don't really follow AFLW that much, it's not like the AFL men's where it's a national draft, where the best players will get poached by the bottom teams. It's actually you nominate for the state you'd like to be drafted out of. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard to try and convince someone to want to move to Sydney because it's a very expensive rent. And obviously they only pay part-time in AFLW. And because they recruit out the New South Wales draft pool, which is the weakest of all the draft pools, that they kind of get the, the, the pass on that. And also, to an extent, Fremantle, even though they've made um, uh, finals the last couple of times around, uh, the top dozen WA talent in the very, very first year, a lot of them got posters marquees to other states. So Fremantle kind of had a semi-excuse in there as well. Port Adelaide finding their feet, etc. But like as you said, like... Geelong and Richmond, who both look very wobbly after the first few years, both are sitting in the top eight at the moment and look improved. If, for example, Richmond were to finish ninth, okay, their supporter base would be very frustrated, but they'd walk away saying, we've made a lot of improvements, we now can be taken seriously. Same thing for Geelong as well, who have a big game against Essendon coming up in just over a week. Um, As you said, those clubs all of a sudden have finally turned the corner Brisbane has always been there about to remember they got gutted. They got gutted when Gold Coast came in, and even before that, when North Melbourne poached some of their better players back after um, back after the second season. The Adelaide Crows, who remember in the first couple of years, they split their player base. They had some players in Adelaide and some players in Darwin. They've won three flags. Melbourne has always been challenging for the flag. They've always been in the premiership conversation. And Collingwood, it's amazing that they're fourth, to be honest, even though St Kilda nearly caused the upset. Oh, dear, Nicholas Stevens. <laughs> um, Collingwood, when you look at it, they're big gutter with injuries. They're missing their best players. Bree Davey, elite best, and Ferris is out with the ACL. Britt Benici, one of the best taggers around, is out with an ACL. So for them to be fourth, when I thought this year, this season, pardon me, they should have considered tanking for draft picks, is extraordinary. Yeah, they've done a phenomenal job, the Pies, and it just goes to show you that, you know, if you've got a great culture and a great system in place, and this is with regards to AFL and any competition, you know, in in the land. If you've got good systems in place, you've got good people and, and, and competent people in the right positions who are not just good at their job, but treat this seriously, treat it as if you have to go out there to win, not treat it as if, Oh, we've got a team. So we're just going to congratulate that because from my point of view, and I'm looking at Carlton, even if with my Carlton hat off, right. I'm looking at it and thinking, well, 
they're just continually celebrating clapping that they actually have a team in place rather than actually clapping results. And that's what it should be about ultimately. And that's what it's going to have to get to. Exactly. And the thing with Carlton is as well, like previous captains have left. Yep. I mean, Lauren Arnell, who is now coaching Port Adelaide, mm. left for Brisbane and ended up winning a flag there. Mm-hmm. Bree Davey said, I'm out the door, I'm going to Collingwood. Matty Presparkis, you might argue a different deal because she was an Essence supporter at heart, but she left and took Georgia G with her. Grace Egan, who was originally snubbed by Richmond when they first entered the AFLW, got picked up by Carlton, left to go back to the club she got snubbed by. Nicola Stevens, who was poached out of Collingwood to go to Carlton, she said, adios, bye-bye, went to the Saints. Kate Shearlaw, who was delisted, is now a captain over at the Saints. Tilly Lucas-Rod, who was delisted, is now a captain at Hawthorne. That's the quality of people that have left Carlton, and it's got to leave you scratching your head going, what is going on with the culture? I mean, I remember having a conversation on a podcast a few years back with, mm-hmm. with Daniel Harkin. We talked about Irish talent uh, because at that stage, uh, the Crosscoders had their first camp. This is just after Cora Stoughton had broken big. And out of the Crosscoders, a heap of Irish women came out of that program. Uh, Ashling McCarthy out of uh, the West Coast Eagles right now. Um, uh, Considine, who ended up winning a couple of flags at Adelaide and, and several others. And I remember asking the question, to Harper at that time, going, oh, you know, you know, are you looking at the Irish women, you know, et cetera? You know, this seems to be, you know, an exciting development. Um, and I remember at the time, he virtually saying, oh, you know, we've got someone who looks after that area, but no, not really. And the only player, the Irish player they got was Joe Doonan, who, to, to be fair, had to split to go back home after 2020 because the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. But now she's at Essendon, and you're thinking, geez, she can't seem to be behind everything when it comes to the development in AFLW. They seem to be a step off the pace from everybody else. Yeah, it does It does seem that way at the moment. And I mean, <laughs> for people who sort of follow the work I do sort of on YouTube and stuff with regards to all the, the AFLW competition, everything, I think you've, you've heard my opinion on it, Pete. And uh, well, it, it's funny that <laughs> we're try, trying not to make this about the club, but I mean, it, it just keeps making the yeah. news. They just keep making the news for... For all the wrong reasons, unfortunately. All right, let, let, let's move on. Let's move on from that whole discussion. Let, let's look at the on-field stuff. Uh, there's plenty going on. And even from the Blues perspective, they've, they've built this massive new facility, which is fantastic. The, the home of AFLW now at Icon Park, which is which is great. And, and it's just it's only going to mean that, you know, the game just continues to get better. But from an on-field, on-field perspective... What did you make of the weekend that just went by? Adelaide crushing Port Adelaide in uh, in the inaugural AFLW showdown. Uh, it seemed to be, well, it was a dominant performance from, from start to finish, really, wasn't it? Well, yeah, I was going to say, I think you can describe that 20,000 people showed up at uh, Adelaide Oval. Unfortunately, and importantly, not 21 who are wearing black, white and teal. Um, the power got absolutely smoked, 63 to 3. And Chelsea Randall was given best on ground in the showdown. And when people talk about the best player in the AFLW, they've, they've talked about Bree Davey, who, as we said, unfortunately is out of the ACL at the moment. Mon Conti is a name that's been thrown up there a lot. Jasmine Garner, but a name that kicks... It keeps just sliding under the radar, and I don't know why. It's been Chelsea Randall. Chelsea has been fantastic in the years leading up to the AFLW and now in the AFLW. A consistently good footballer with the Adelaide Crows has been a premiership co-captain from them just 
oozes leadership. And, um, and maybe because Erin Phillips had been in Adelaide for so long and she was maybe just that little step above Chelsea Randall and, and she took the spotlight away from her. But Chelsea Randall is a name that people are not talking enough about. Okay, okay, very interesting. And, and to also say, I mean, you look at, I mean, Erin Phillips left Adelaide. She's, as you said, arguably probably one of the, well, the most accomplished AFLW player in the league. And they've just continued to churn out the wins and just continue to churn it out. And I think that just goes to show that the on-field play, the players that they actually have on the field and the talent they have on the field is still, it's still going to be good enough to compete. Well, I I tipped Adelaide to win the premiership. I I honestly think as long as they can get themselves into position, they're trying to find second spot on the ladder. One would be obviously ideal, but they're they're, they're sitting second at the moment. If they can hold down that spot and have a path to home finals, at least the grand final, for them ideally the grand final, Mm -hmm. you know, they're going to be in a fantastic position. I mean, their percentage is stronger than Melbourne's, 255 to 166 over the third place. So they're in a very good spot at the moment. And just by all indications, they just know what to do when it comes to finals time. They've been there. They've done that. They weren't seriously gutted, by the way, when Port Adelaide came in. Everyone thought they're going to lose Marinoff. They're going to lose Hatchard. Mm. They didn't lose them, which is important because they're players in their 20s who have plenty of good years ahead of them. When you think about the players that were lost to Port Adelaide, when you talk about Aaron Phillips and Ange Foley, they're at the back end of their career. So in one sense, yes, Aaron Phillips is one of the great players in the early years of the AFLW, but it's not like it's a serious dent to their depth. Yeah, that's exactly right. And uh, away from Adelaide, looking at another premiership contender in the Mighty Demons, Melbourne, uh, they just continue to, to churn it out. And Taylor Harris had, a, had another strong game on the weekend. Libby Birch down back as well is doing a fantastic job. What have you made of of their season to date? As uh, we know, uh, the AFL, well, AFLW stalwart really, Daisy Pearce, she just con- continues to churn out the form, even though she's got a, a host of kids to look after. And her husband, too, she's just a star, isn't she? Yeah. Oh, she is. And and Taylor Harris has become the second player in the league to kick 10 goals against the club. And she has kicked 10 goals uh, against the uh, Fremantle Dockers. It was pretty close at three-quarter time. And all of a yep. sudden, you were starting to think, oh, is there an upset on the card? Is Fremantle finally going to turn the corner and, and, and have a last minute uh, ditch for a finals campaign and then Melbourne just put the foot down and just said nah nah we've had enough of toying around and they absolutely ran away from the uh, Fremantle Dockers I mean again it's tough for Trent Cooper and his side they almost feel like they're just treading water and passing time but like you said with the Demons the the, the fantastic thing for them is the midfield depth that they've got they've got maybe five to six players they can run through the midfield at any time in any combination and that makes it a, a headache for any opposition coach because they're trying to think, well, they know the A graders that Melbourne have got in there going, right, we're going to be matching up against Paxman, we're going to be matching up against Zanker, and we're going to be matching up mm-hmm. against Smith and et cetera. And then all of a sudden they just switch and they'll throw around a few others. Like if Daisy Pierce is resting in the forward line, can all of a sudden go for a run in the middle and then you're like, oh, okay, well, who do we match up against Pierce? And you're left with serious headaches and Melbourne could just keep doing this again and again. It's almost like a uh, Jenga puzzle. Uh, sorry, a Rubik's Cube more, in fact. You know, it, 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 the combination just keeps changing and it keeps doing every opposition coach's head in. And, you know, the, the only thing that's probably stopping Melbourne at the moment is just that chip on the shoulder and when they front Brisbane or Adelaide 
you know, they've got those memories in the back of their mind. Can they get past that mental hurdle? Melbourne are definitely going deep in the finals. It's just a question of whether they can get over that mental hurdle of both Brisbane and Adelaide. Yeah, it, looks, it would look that way as well with regards to, to what they've done this season. But uh, just before we let you go, Pete... Uh, it was a little bit of uh, I don't know if it was a little bit a little bit controversial or anything like that, but uh, I wanted to get your take. I'm sure you saw the uh, article penned by Mr. Steve Price. Uh, now we know he's a he's a he's a bit of a controversial figure, and it's okay to have opinions, and that's fine. But what did you uh, what did you make of his take? The, the greatest own goal by the Herald Sun um, is because what what it is 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 they have unwittingly admitted that Steve Price has zero influence over anything. And I mentioned this on Twitter. And let me give you the example: if Steve Price had influence, let's say the article you know is out there about him bagging AFLW, mm-hmm. and let's say for example. 50,000 people read it, and they read it, and you went, you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to watch AFLW. He's right. Let's say 50,000 people did that. That would actually be bad for Steve Price's employer, News Corp, who, of course, also own Foxtel and KO. Why is it bad? Because if 50,000 people, for example, engage less with AFLW, that means they don't click on articles on the Herald Sun website, which is bad for the sun because they want their numbers up with their clicks to have, you know, to bring in their advertisers. And it's also bad for News Corp for Foxtel KO because if, if people listen to Steve Price, then all of a sudden they would watch less AFLW, mm-hmm. which again, they don't want the numbers to go down News Corp. They've spent, you know, they've chipped in with the Channel 7 as part of $4.5 billion package for men's and women's football. They don't want the numbers going down. They want the numbers going up. So if they knew he had any influence... No way they'd let that opinion be published because it would hurt their business. By them publishing it, they know, yeah, sure, people are going to get angry about it, but no one's actually going to care what he says. Yeah, yeah, it's an an interesting take on on it all. But uh, I I will say this as I let you go. They do say in the classics, any publicity is good publicity. (laughs) Well, you know what? It it does have people talking. So, you know, as much as it's frustrating, you know, you do need people talking about AFLW. But let me tell you, besides obviously St Kilda and Carlton, which is Friday night, which I said is a big one, you know, with the heat in the kitchen for for, for Daniel Harford. (laughs) Coming up this weekend, there are two big games, two big games that are must-watch games. 5, 10 p.m., that is Eastern time, Saturday, at Arden Street, North Melbourne versus the Brisbane Lions. That's going to be a cracking game, fifth versus first. And, you know, can North put a dent in Brisbane's uh, aspirations of finishing top of the table? And then Sunday at 3.10 p.m. at Casey Fields, Melbourne versus the Western Bulldogs. The Bulldogs losing in an upset by a point to Geelong. Can the Bulldogs cause an upset against Melbourne and keep their finals hopes alive? A loss to the Bulldogs really puts them in a nervous position. It's a big one, Pete. Big round of AFLW coming up. But uh, thanks for joining us on the airwaves, mate. I'm sure we'll speak to you uh, sometime later this week as well. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.